0: Just before, how Hawk was considering that he sort of busted his ass, he, he wasn't feeling it. He was thinking, This is going to be the last one. So, you're thinking, Hey, I'm going to go down in the ball of flame here in blaze of glory. I'm going to, I'm going to blade. You blade too hard, you blade too fast, and yeah, you, you're pretty much a bloody mess. But you're just saying then that you managed to do a, a follow up match with Hawk. So what changed between that match that you had just then where you blamed it the first time and mm. thought this is going to be it to now going back there and doing it again? Did something change for Hawk? Did you convince him to keep going or was the crowd numbers pumped up for that show?
1: Man, um, I, I bust out a speech every once in a while in the locker room um, or at training uh, just to make the young guys aware that if they're going to wrestle... Um, in Australia, I don't call it the indie scene because it's our scene. Yeah. Um, the indie scene is something for the States where there's no big players here. Everyone owns their little piece of the pie. Um, but the, the speech goes something like you're not going to earn a lot of money doing what you do here. Our, our currency is respect. Um, and and I, I hold this true um, over the years um it, respect is everything mm-hmm. you know and for someone that grew up without that father figure and looking for a place uh, to belong um, when you find your pack or your tribe no matter what it is um, you want to fit in and you want to belong with, with that tribe and if you can earn the other guys respect um it, it becomes like a currency sure, in a yeah. way. Um, and, and that's what matters. Mm. Um, at the end of the day, like, yes, we're entertaining the crowd and, and you can earn the crowd's respect too. And, and those moments are cool. Um, yeah. But, man, if you earn the locker room's respect, um, there's no, no feeling like that, like that feeling of belonging. Okay, I belong to this. And I I think like I said we were wrestling with killers, man. The dudes that would go out there and do crazy shit, man. Like, um, and how how we survived, I don't know. And and Hawk would come up with ideas for matches that he was looking at for the draw of holy shit, like Evil Knievel style, man. Like yeah, come and see the the swinging barrel of death and. Or the barbed wire match or the, um, the fucking Junkyard Bash, which was us wrestling on cars, which shortened everyone's careers, man. Like, yeah, yeah. Including mine, we might get to that down the track. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I think by gigging, getting smashed by the gravedigger um, and coming back, um, and, and what, what that did was create not only did my, my promo wasn't that bad um, but it, it did generate some heat um coming back and th- then spilling all that blood gave people something to talk about right so it generated that holy shit like is that dude going to be back the next show and if so what's he going to do to the grave or what's the grave digger going to do because he lost the match uh, after we, we set them on fire i mean we said yeah yeah i
0: remember that coffin like, yeah. not only was
1: there gore but we then set the you know and and hawk was a lot like that as like back then as wow the catchphrase was don't miss the mayhem because you walk through the doors you didn't know what was going to what was going to happen and there's a sense of danger mm. um man we, we had a classic match um pete's um hawk struggled sometimes with people not thinking wrestling was legit um and and thus we went stiff back in that day and and that was the thing we're going to show that we we're legit tough people like so we had this um this group of um smarks that sometimes we were were our crowd they're called the cell which I think they started as tape traders back then. This was the early days of the internet, so there wasn't really forums. So there was this tape trading network. Um, Mason Childs was part of the the cell. Um, And and there were other guys, and they they all had their gimmicks, their own gimmicks. And, And they would go on those early days of the forum and talk about the wrestling, and quite often they'd turn up to the shows, and mother, they might have been drinking, but they formed their own little tribe again. Look and earning respect in their tribe was about um, sort of catching us out or whatever. So Hawk came up with this idea. That there's been some shit talked on the internet and and uh, and the Smarks. Um, he challenged the cell to a lumberjack match and. It it was Jackaroo against a guy called Big John Marshall that we had back in the day. It was a big young, like started at the same time as Coyote. Um, mm-hmm. Coyote can tell you stories about John and him. Um, um, and anyway, uh, so we have a slumberjack. Um, it's also uh, fans bring the weapons, right? So, so the they, sell brought the weapons. So the cell brought their own weapons. Yeah. So there, there's a tennis racket and a. <laughs> someone bought a dildo oh, of course um, and and anyway i'm me being the heel I, i'm on john's side um i'm on the outside my job was to protect the cell mm. i'm like okay guys the match is announced we hadn't even spoken about it it was just they, these guys jumped the barrier and they're around the ring with these weapons what yeah yeah and um my job is to protect the cell like what happens is the first time John comes out um, the first time he rolls Jackaroo out the cell is stiff as and, and worried mm-hmm. fucking hell and they kick the shit out of Jackaroo he's on the ground they're smashing off the weapons suddenly my job becomes to protect Jackaroo mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, anyway John big John saw that they would laid into him a bit much and then took off around the ring with a big cookie sheet or something and fucking leveled all of them
0: Jesus. Um,
1: but, yeah, it, it, that was, like, the whole, in those days, it, w- it was showing that we were legitimate, that we, were, we weren't... we were The Aussie style and the Queensland style in particular was different.
0: It yeah. was
1: biff and bang and fight it the face. and brawl. And, like we had a few big shows and that they they continued the theme they they brought out a couple of ECW guys for Major Impact 1.
0: Well, how did that how did that come about because the origins of what's now known as IPW was WCW at the time. Yeah. So how did do you remember how the transition came about between WCW to Major Impact?
1: Man, I, I can't remember and and Cruz would probably be a better person to ask because like you know it was him and, and the Hawks company back then um, I'm not sure but I, I, all I know is that we we became we ran a major impact we were major impact wrestling before the major impact event which they ran at the Southport Sharks and it was a big event man um, at that stage no one had done something of that scale yeah locally. Mm-hmm. Um you, you'd had Americans come in, you'd you'd had guys come up from Sydney and Melbourne and run a tour through but normally they would come in that uh they'd use your ring, that they'd, they'd use your wrestlers, but then take all the gate. Right. And, and Pete was like, fuck that. Like why yeah. would I why would I let someone come into my area and do that? Yeah, so, exactly. So you had this big event, um, and and I, I look I remember going Uh, out the back of Pete's shop like to get the key to go and open up the gym Mm -hmm. to train and the discussions they were having were, I'm like holy shit like this is going to another level Um, like running through a list of the guys in the states that were available to tour and what they cost and what their riders were and all that Um, like guys like Sabu uh, Axel Jim Duggan like was on the list and, and Pete um, Hawk had a dream that if he could bring Hogan and Much over that he could fill in his stadium anywhere he ran, mm. you know, um, again he'd rolling the dice. So he, he rolled the dice. Um, and and we had this amazing show and and I I think I need a bit part on the first one. I got uh, powerbombed power through a card table. I, I ran job interviews. Um for my opponent, yeah, uh, because it was a big event, and and you had to, you, you you had to pass the test for me to even consider wrestling you, and it ended up the monk came out and powerbombed me through this card table, so that was my butt, and but we were amazed that we had uh, Steve Carino and C W Anderson who had been in E C W on the show at that stage. the, the thing that was the coolest was um, they were main evented. Um, for us, it was cool having them there, and and yeah, the the crowd did react, but it looked like they're on holidays a little bit. Um, did they talk, kind of dialed it in. Yeah, uh, B J Blade and Cruz ran the semi main, and they did a TLC, and they blew the fucking roof off the joint. Yeah, yeah. and and it was one of the best. And I remember I stood next to Hawk in the crowd, just going, "This is fucking amazing, man! these guys just killed it." Um, and so much so that the main event, they 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 burnt all the oxygen for the main event. Hard act to follow, yeah. Yeah, the main should have been the semi main. Yeah. Um, and again, at that stage, like um, B J. and and Cruz, in my mind, and, and I'd seen a lot of wrestling from down the line. They were the t- two best wrestlers yeah, in, they, they had in a, Australia. Yeah, they had a
0: very long, hot feud back and forth yeah, in that man. federation for a long time. So at this point now, you've done the first Major Impact show. It's it's transitioned over a name brand to Major Impact. Mm. I assume either just before or just after, considering the success of that first big the show.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Was this around the time then when the concept of the Junkyard Bash came into play, or was it just before Major Impact?
1: Man, it... it uh I want to say that the first Junkyard Bash was about 2003, which was about the same year that that Major Impact happened. Right, so
0: Major Impact sort of transitioned and now... Yeah. Who came up with the concept? Was it
1: Hawk, yeah.
0: So did he ring you up one day? Did he have a meeting and say, hey, do you know what would be really good? Let's put disused cars around the ring and use them as weapons. Was that how it originally started?
1: Yeah, it was something like that. Like, Like I said, he was looking for a point of difference and hawk love cars man like um it'd been yeah, a stunt stunt driver and and it just seemed to be a good marriage um man we didn't know what we're getting i wasn't actually in the first one um i can't remember what i did on the first one For whatever reason I, I didn't go in it because you had a
0: pretty bad run in with the second one if i remember yeah. correctly
1: ah uh, no it was the third one the third th- one okay so they, they, I remember being backstage for the first one and man when you wrestle on cars and it's legit there were no gimmicks man um, legit glass, legit metal, aerials and there were some brutal injuries um, How did he
0: organise that? Was that just a ring 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 uh, ring the mechanic? and
1: Hawk had a friend who owned a junkyard and, and he paid him or three cars um and then they'd come and pick them up the next day all we had to do was push them out the back um so the first one scorn was on the scene then um talking talk about earning respect um scorn had done a match leading up i, I got it i want to say that scorn was part of the cell or maybe on the f- involved with the cell somehow when he first got involved okay um and then he he got he trained i I remember as early on in his career he did a match where he dislocated his elbow dropping an elbow off the top wow and and on the footage is brutal he gets up he wasn't happy with it he goes up again and drops a dislocated elbow on the guys wrestling and so Scorn's in the junkyard bash. Uh, we had Dallas, who um, was an absolute monster. Dallas man, yeah, yeah. Um, X NRL player, um, big boy, strong. Like mm, mm. Um, could do things. Like in my mind, he was our version of a, of the eighties the WWE star at that stage. Like just look like a legit, like a big wrestler, and, and yeah. was strong but agile. Mm. He was in the bash. Um, during the match Dallas picks Scorn up um, and drives him through the back windshield of the station wagon Um, just runs at the back thing and smashes Scorn through no gimmick when Dallas pulls his arms out he rips all the tendons out of both of his arms
0: and Scorn had dislocated elbow as well
1: no no Scorn had dislocated his elbow prior like in a a previous match this was a new match
0: so he He'd gone out again.
1: Yeah. No, 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 yeah. Um, And, yeah, so there's that sort of stuff happening. and um, I went into the second one. During that one, uh, similar things, dudes just going crazy, like doing swan onto the roof of the car. I I did a bomb through the back windscreen of a vehicle and didn't get one bit of glass in me. So that sort of grew my confidence. Um we keep traveling down the road um by the time we do the third one i i met started to to go out with the the beautiful lady that's now my wife mm-hmm. um was one of the early i think she had driven me to the event and okay like, um so we're doing doing the this is junk bash three. Uh, the tag titles are hanging above the ring, um, everyone runs out, they bust into this giant brawl, there's a gap up the middle, I uh, I go up the gap, go straight up the ladder and grab the belt, so I'm one half of the tag champions now and, and the second half is to be decided, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just around around the side of the ring just to annoy the crowd, and this kid goes, "Ah, uh, you've done nothing. Like, um, uh, you've done nothing. Like, you know, all these people are like smashing themselves through the windows and shit like that." So I grab a chair and I start smashing the windows, and in, in this car, and go, "Yeah, well, I've done nothing. Well, look at this." He goes, "Ah, I could do that." "Oh no," I said. "Yeah," I said. "Well, can you do this?" And I, I crescent keep the the. Back window on one of the cars, and so what happened is my heel went through and smashed the window. And then I impaled my calf on the glass at the top. So when I pulled my leg out, I just split my calf straight up the middle. And I went, Take that! And then I looked down and went, Oh, (laughs) my my wrestling career is over, yeah, because my calf's hanging out, um, and and the front of my shins all split open. Oh no, yeah, so I lump out the back. my wife, now my wife, but my girlfriend at the time, comes out of the back, straight to the hospital. I'm pissing blood all over the car, and that. as we're driving out of the car park, Cruz had gone on to get the other belt in the middle of this, and he's calling me out. Were you a of this? No, nah, yeah. So I'd won in that junkyard bash. I, I, I ran out and grabbed the first title. Mm. So I'm one half of the tag team. Cruise battles through the rest of the thing and then wins. And so, when we're, we're now tag partners, but I'm driving away off the hospital. Um, Jesus. And then I, I spend the craziest night of my life in, in OBS in the hospital with. What do you mean, craziest night of your life? What happens? Oh, man. Um, so, well, first they're trying to get the glass out of my leg. Yeah. Um, and, and Saturday night, at, the, at Gold Coast Hospital back then was crazy. This. What year is this? Two thousand and five? Four? Five? Yeah, something like that. Because um, you you said jo- this is junk about yard like bash three four. three okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the the lady that as an intern is looking for the glass. The the anaesthetic wears off. I can feel her scalping oh. through my muscle trying to find it. I'm like, oh my god! Excuse me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a high pain threshold, man. But uh, yeah, you do. Yeah. And the dude just goes, oh, give it 20 minutes. If you can't find anything, we'll put them in OBS and we'll look again in the morning. Um, Very casual. So I go into OBS. I'm, I'm wearing like a dress shirt and my wrestling tights and I'm lying there and um, uh, I hear this dude get brought in who was a bikey that had been arrested and surfers and maced. Um, and th- in the OBS section, there's a secure cell so he gets put in the secure cell. Right. Uh, but can see through the crack in the door and is threatening people and. Oh, classy. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then it just rolls on through there. Like um, there, there was a prostitute. What? Who had, I, It wasn't OBs because she like almost OD. There's another dude. That, and just all the shit went down I, mean, I wrote a blog about it once when I was doing blogs if you read it it's it's, it's pretty interesting right.
0: oh I don't don't know Sellers.
1: no <laughs> it's right here man with, yeah.
0: what, we're on the audio version
1: yeah so the, oh, just a crazy night um, the dude ended up uh, that they rushed him and jabbed him and put him to sleep because he was playing up um, he was threatening to get uh, the other Dudes down to bust them out, and the, and this lady who was the prostitute was going to help them. Um, I heard them making a secret phone call. Geez.
0: Like, yeah. Did they ever interact with you while you're there getting yeah, glass yeah, picked yeah. out? What did they say to you?
1: She offered to take me to the bathroom.
0: Um, <laughs> I, I'm assuming to help get the glass out. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, was, see, uh, I,
1: I only had a ten in my wallet, so. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what the ten didn't pay paper glass? Yeah here's one A hey. um there's a dude opposite me um so i ended up just pulling the curtain around especially
0: yeah. when
1: the, the um the girlfriend at the time who's my wife now she turned up started copying abuse um from them from the dude, yeah. yeah um so we 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 ended up pulling the curtain around and mm. just ignored it um, mm-hmm. the dude opposite me had broken both his arms in a motorbike accident um so he's sitting there with both arms and casts, and, and this this lady who's the prosy walks over and she goes, what have you done? And like she's going through each of us, what have you done? What have you done? She looks at the guy with the two broken arms and goes, well, you're fucked, aren't you? And he goes, <laughs> wow. yeah, 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 good one. And she, she goes, you couldn't scratch your own balls. He's got two broken arms. He goes, yeah, yeah, good one, good one. You couldn't wipe your own ass. Oh, wow. And he goes, yeah, yeah, probably not. And... She goes, he goes, yeah, I, I guess I, I'd have to use my feet to masturbate. And she goes, don't make a joke of that, darling. I've got a client that pays me to do that.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> <And> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, what?
0: <laughs>
1: wow. Yeah. So that, that, that night happened and, yeah, um, yeah there's been a few nights where I've ended up in the hospital, but that, that was back in the day, man. When, when you, um, back then, I, I, I had no regard for myself.
0: Like
1: mm. I Again, we were testing one another.
0: But but that, but that happens with younger
1: guys. Like, yeah. you, you probably seen it now being a,
0: a guy of 20 years. You see those guys out there, two, yeah. two three years experience go, Oh, well, I'm going to light this shit on fire and jump through it. I mean, it's no different from the coffin, but sometimes they just do really and we are, we, dangerous
1: stunts we we saw a lot of young guys come through especially around the time ecw was big mm. and just wreck themselves and and in, in two months they're gone yeah like and they've got like a permanent concussion or um you know they've they've fucked their back and yeah. they're, and they're 20 you know like well, I I managed to get some longevity because I smartened up. I um, back in those days, man. I, I I wouldn't say I'm a psychopath, but deep inside me, I can go numb when I need to, you know. And and I, there's something in there where I just have no regard for myself. Yeah. Um, like you know, take me out and and kill me. or um, and it's a test, you know.
0: You told me once that you used to call it diving on the grenade.
1: Diving on the grenade, yeah. Yeah, I always
0: remember that. Yeah.
1: Every every show, you've got to have someone that does that, though. Yeah. And, and we used to share it around back in those days, you know. Someone had to go and get killed or kill themselves because you want people talking about the show. Um, Absolutely. But you can't have the same guy doing it every night because they won't last it. Some guys could, mm-hmm. um, but they end up, Fucked up. Um how
0: long were you sidelined then when you
1: took that injury? Man, I was as soon as the stitches healed I was back into it. How long was that? oh I don't know, man, a couple of months, yeah. Well you know, my my first five years I wrestled and early on I wrestled every month. And again I had that bulletproofness, like fucking do stupid shit and be fine. At this point you're five years in but you were telling
0: me just before we started recording that were you doing two characters at this point? Three. Right, yeah. so, so yeah. you had, because you had, at one point you had shock therapy with Cruz who was doing Violent Bill, and you were Bob, is that correct? By the oh, way, yeah. So you were Bill and he was Bob. Who came up with that concept? Was that you? Me, yeah. So uh, what, what was the mindset behind that? Because you had already established Sweet Assassin. He was already over as Cruz, the hockey yeah. hockey like madman. Where did the concept of hey let's get these two skull-faced pajama-wearing psychos and let's just go out there and just do silly lunchbox gimmick like comedy stuff? Wh- where did that come from? That come from the that come from the aspect of okay, I'm getting booed. I'm a serious sort of foreigner here, like from New Zealand. I'm getting heat. Everyone boos me. I'm I'm. That's what that's my role. I'm making the good guys look good. Did this character come from a place of man? Let's just put that on pause and let's just go out there and
1: just have silly fun. Nah, man. When, um, a- again, w- we had Kellers in their locker room, mm-hmm. and um, I remember approaching Hawk and saying, Man, I, I want to go a bit more hardcore. Like,
0: what year was this roughly?
1: Was this, oh, maybe 2004. Okay, 2004. so after
0: the after you'd recovered
1: from the junkyard. No, I'd done Junkyard Bash 2 we did as shock therapy. Um, what, what had happened is, is I, I, again, I've, I've got that I had that thing inside me where I had to prove myself okay. to the killers Yeah. Um, to fit in and earn their respect and I don't know man Like uh, maybe there's something there with that looking for the father figure thing um, like Hawke become my father figure you know like uh and and he was that sort of dude um man he used to go out set himself on fire and and it was about being a man's man you know and at at that stage the sweet ass character i was a ladies man i wasn't a man's man right so that's how i got my heat was being this good looking dude that used to lap dance ladies and that I wanted to I wanted to test myself and and do the hardcore matches and Hawk wouldn't let me. He said, "No, nah, you're you're too good looking. Well, no one will believe it." Mm-hmm. So I thought I, I need to come up with something that and as maybe in a mask that I can go out there and and kill myself, um, but prove how how tough I am mm-hmm. and and prove, like, what my thresh pain threshold is and that it can match guys like the Monk and the Troll and, and maybe even Hawk. Yeah. Never never cruise because, as far as I'm concerned, he's he's probably the toughest dude that's ever been out there. Yeah, undoubtedly, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I created this character, sort of took um, bits and pieces of different wrestlers that I'd seen, a little bit of Sabu... Um, a little bit of McFoley, Foley, um, the more hardcore dudes, um, and, and came up with this concept of, of having a character that, that came from an asylum and had a bit more freedom than what I'd built with being sweet ass. Okay. And when, you, when you're when you crazy, and, and again, somewhere deep inside me, there, there's that craziness. Um, and explore that and so it started off legit, man. Like, like we had the concept of, you know, the, like the Islanders and that, um, or, or even Sabu. Like the Wild Samoans? Yeah, would come and they'd just unleash this yep. wrestler, um, like yep. Kamala or that. Um, so I came out. I, uh, remember, uh, Hawk had gotten some stuff out of a sex shop, and there was like Uh-oh. handcuffs. And, oh, okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. bring out the gun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um yeah so I had these I had these uh handcuffs yeah. and I was on a chain and I just got unleashed in the ring yeah and I just cut sick um and was violent and crazy and scared the shit out of kids with the skull mask with the hair and that and what what happened with creating shock therapy is I went to Melbourne um with the girl I was with at the time and there's a show on it um somewhere and and the character was so cool and, and that it was when you have that don't miss the mayhem thing the moniker for our shows this character embodied it it was just nuts man like like the character would just jump into the crowd and will rummage through willy bins or it we'll would end up in the kitchen or you just didn't know what to expect yeah um, so that was strong I, I left the mask behind Troy uh, uh, the crews uh, picked the mask up, um, did it for that show that I was away. Um, After you did your leg? No, nah, no, nah, th- th- this was prior to that. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, I came back and he goes, man, that that character was so much fun. I, I want to keep doing it.
0: Oh, so you didn't have to convince him. He did. He, he covered for you, and then that was it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh and, wow. Like he okay. enjoyed doing the character so much. Um, I caught it violent violent bob after silent bob um, oh really yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 okay. yeah um and and yeah they, they built this this myth around it that we that the character was on, on day release from an asylum and it was actually therapy f- to bring this character to shows and unleash them in the ring to so that they weren't so violent yeah um, and then uh, Cruz enjoyed it so much, he wanted to do it. And I, I said, man, I've got another mask. Why don't, why don't I create a brother for that character that's even stupider? <laughs> so you'll be the smart one, and I'll be the this, this stupid one. But my favourite tag teams back in the day were... Um, man, we could do a whole other podcast on Bill and Bob. Yeah. Um, but my, my favourite tag teams were the Heart Foundation, and... Um, like uh, power and glory, like teams where they had a an anchor and a and a technician. Um, yeah. Like a brute, a big dude that laid the, was a platform for doing cool moves, and and then the lighter guy that did the technical shit. And we sort of had that. Like I was a bigger dude than Cruz. Yeah. Um, and and grew bigger.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, and that's how we ran with it, man. And we ended up because we had unleashed our characters like we could do anything we wanted and we did I know I had the pleasure of uh, yeah, yeah, experiencing
0: yeah. what was it 2005 three years later I had the pleasure of experiencing whatever they wanted to do
1: mate and, in that and we generally curtain jerked and and we would warm the crowd up like you wouldn't believe yeah um, and, but we fuck we did some stupid shit but it was so much fun and the, the weirdest thing and you'd have to ask Cruz or, or Troy how he feels, but when you put that mask on and you get through the curtain, something else happens, man. Like there's something, mm. Where a s- Sweet Ass is more me in a way. Like, it's yourself volumized to 11. Yeah. Um, Bill and Bob, it, it, it's something like a divine intervention. Or...
0: You know what? I, t- I totally get it because the Flashman character... In the Origins, as soon as I put that jumper on, that was it. That was yeah. 211. And when I used to have the old Kevin Rudolph, Let It Rock, bear with me, it was 2008. Kevin Rudolph was cool back then. Yeah. But when that to that song started, that was like turning the, you know, the treble to yeah, the bass yeah. up. And I was like, jumper's on, all right, here we go. And I would cut it, because when I... And I'd go out, so it's like, now. Yeah. So as soon yeah. as that hit 11, it's like, dude, go. Yeah. But I totally get it when... When Cruz gave me his mantle and gave me that gimmick of mini Cruz and I went from being me, spiky hair, red jacket, hello gang, let's go pal, Mm. and put on that and could only see out of two tiny mesh holes in my mask, Mm. I was like, yeah, there's something.
1: Your actions have to speak louder than your words.
0: Yeah, and I guess I kind of had a cheat code because I just impersonated him. And I'd been exposed to what he was doing not only prior to being part of IPW, mm-hmm. but now working alongside him. And I could sort of, you know, sponge brain absorb what he was doing in the ring so that when he took a leave of absence, I would go out there. I'm on the drug. I'm on, and I'd come out slapping my chest like he'd do. And I would copy him, basically... Impersonate his entrance, which at that time was, "I'm gonna rip everyone's dicks off," and there's like women in the crowd. But I would tell everyone, "I'm gonna rip your dicks off." I get in the ring and cut my throat, and you know, I would just envision what he was doing. But it was totally different. It was like, okay, I've got this space here to work with. I've got like, you know, three inches worth of vision, and everything else is, well, I'm starting to heat up. Like it was, you know, you're in the ring for 30 seconds of the lights, the sound, the bell, the action. It's a totally different concept to try and brace with. But the difficult thing with, and I'm sure you have experienced as well, is that the first time you do a second character, correct me if I'm wrong, is that you're trying to make it as different to your first one as possible. Because you do not ever, and I will get to this in a second, but you do not ever want your second character for people to go, Oh, that's sweet ass in a mask because then it's like
1: fuck. Yeah.
0: And I remember the first time I did mini cruise without cruise there. God bless him. I came out to the ring to have my match in his famous maroon office chair that he would always have, and I'll never forget it. For some reason, he insisted. This is during the sweatshop days. He always insisted on having a live microphone so he could like, I don't know, just butt in on commentary. I don't know what he. I don't know why I was there, but we had commentators upstairs, but.
1: Yeah, it was me. <laughs>
0: and he wanted to, he wanted to chime in, and um, I remember you saying, "What the hell, crew shrunk," and then Hawk kind of ruined it a little bit. The first day I did it, because you said, "What the, what the hell? When did crews have a? When did crew shrink? This is ridiculous." And then Hawk just goes, "That guy looks like Flash," and I went, "No," and no. <laughs> I, stood, I stood there in the mask, and I'm thinking, "Damn it!" And I couldn't react to him because if I reacted to him then it would be almost like accepting that what he said is true and everyone goes, oh, he's reacted. Oh, that must mean yeah. it's true. Oh, we don't care anymore. So I remember looking straight ahead at my opponent and just having this eye twitch in my mask going, damn it. But I don't know why he said it, but I, it was obviously it wasn't meant as like a bad thing, but I think he meant it as a compliment to be like, oh, that guy's the same size as him, like the same size being like, this." now we have two small wrestlers. But the way he said it sounded like...
1: It's probably, it's probably like work harder at not being flesh. I think I was I, I,
0: that, that's probably it too I think I was literally standing up and doing similar actions yeah. as my normal guy so I totally get it when you say and, uh, being in the mask is different
1: like you know I was talking before about how impressed I was with your the way you could mimic and, and the, what made me impressed was the detail that you went to like the every little gesture and that yeah but to get a second character over you, you have to think like that mm. you you got to change the way you walk um, you got to change your style so um, whereas with Sweet Ass I like doing more technical, well back then I did um, again wanting to be Bret Hart um, wanting to hit technical moves and uh, whereas with that second character it, it was more brawl and fight and um, so even the moveset changed to being more bash and crash. And yeah. I think I used to use, like, a pounce. we come up with some brutal moves, man. we come up with, like, a brutal double cross-face mandible claw thing that we called happy times where we'd fishhook. We'd cross-face yeah. cross face and arm each, and then fishhook. Yeah. And then lift the person's face up, and then fishhook. And fishhooks are illegal in the UFC, man. Um, early days, you could you could kick people in the nuts, you couldn't eye gouge for halt, um there's something else you couldn't do but you could kick people in the nuts i remember when i started i will get we'll get to, we'll get to in a second but i
0: remember when i started i was thinking whoa like this is a different way to start but i remember being about maybe four to six months in and much like you mentioned earlier about getting bombed through a card table by um monk by yeah. monk yeah six months in i had seen um either a new class of rookies come through and they did a card game and they were like winning and then the, oh, ca- yeah. the
1: crowd Oh yeah, was- rodeo poker we used to do.
0: Yeah, and the crowd was going, what the fuck is this? And, um, and I remember hearing the crowd sort of start to mumble and grumble about like, yo, like, what the hell is this? Like, we came to see a wrestling show. Why is there people playing poker? And um, And then out of nowhere, it was like, all and Ozzy, Ozzy Osbourne's crazy train came on, and out comes shock therapy. And we're peering through that side window that was at the Bicentennial Center. Yeah. And I'm looking through it, I'm like, yo, shock therapy is a part of this? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, what's going to happen? And I remember like Brandy and Kelso being like, you just wait and see what these dudes unleash. And I remember seeing some dude go through the table, and that info. Oh, was it? Yeah. No, not back then.
1: Yeah, I think we put Party Man through the table. Well, 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 or Centennial Centre? Yeah. Uh, well, it could have been the early days of ROP actually. And, and I think it was that. School. It was like
0: Spider-Sand, Dexter Logic.
1: Yeah. X Factor.
0: I think Party Man was Ashmore.
1: Yeah, I remember we put Party Man through. Yeah.
0: I think it might have been Ashmore. Yeah. Maybe.
1: So we, we, we came up with that concept that in Radio Poker... I don't know if you've seen it, but they they had the radio clowns playing poker in the middle of a ball ring, and they just unleashed the ball. Yeah. That's that's what it was. So we had rookies. We called it r- rookie radio.
0: Yeah, because they were playing cards, and then that would come on. You go yeah, and circle the ring. Yeah,
1: and we just pick whoever, and then one at a time, we would drag them off and beat the shit out of them, and and then would, until there until there's a winner and then that winner would get the contract or something
0: yeah as soon as i got the contract it was like through the table yeah
1: yeah,
0: yeah but i remember seeing that fish hook then mm. and i'm going yo i'm so glad that was a, wasn't my origin
1: yeah
0: so you created that 2004 2005 you had the junkyard bash yeah, where yeah. You, you cut your leg yep um i came in so from 2005 to 2008 there was another transition with the company. Yeah. Not only did you guys rebrand yourselves, but I know that you and this is the question I want to ask you because you have a very first-hand if not a responsibility of transitioning the name from then MIW to IPW. Yeah. Yeah. So take me through that because I know that you guys went to New Zealand and I know that you guys came back and I know that the South Pacific became a championship that transitioned not only with you guys but yeah. At that time, it was one that went between Australia and New Zealand with the federations. But take me through the name change, because you just said before that Hawke was considering after about four shows in for you at that point. With WCW, he was going to wash his hands and be done. Yeah, You do the major impact shows, you get the guys from WCW in. Hawke goes, all right, let's keep going.
1: Nah, Ta- that, that came... That's a little bit after, but yeah.
0: Take me through now what happened between... Miw to ipw, was it another case of Hawk being like I'm out of it, and you saying, uh-uh, we're not continued, we're not giving up, mm. or was there something else at play, and you already had the relationship given the New Zealand tour? So the first New Zealand tour was obviously the beginning steps of having the name transition. So how did the first New Zealand tour come about?
1: Man, um, there's a dude that came over for Major Impact one who called the machine uh, chuck um, his first name was chuck I, I can't i think it might have been chuck warner he was the news Ze- the auckland hawk um, he was a younger guy than than hawk and but was a, a mad uh, hardcore fan and he he had started ipw new in new, new zealand out of the the remnants of a um, i think it was like a stunt fighting crowd or something called mania right um but um was he so he was running it from the beginning or did he take
0: over it from someone else nah, you know?
1: he over there he 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 was a uh, a quite high level computer programmer and he had a fair bit of money and, and enough to travel but the, the scene in new zealand wasn't really that big right so he was looking for places to wrestle so he came over here and wrestled and uh he wrestled on that that show against Dallas Mead and Dallas could manhandle anyone um, that we had, and and the machine matched them, and wow. they had a wicked match too. Um, and then we partied and 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 became good friends with, um, and then did a few New Zealand tours and I, and I sort of got quite fond of of Chuck. Um, and they actually introduced me to Jack Daniels, which oh yeah, God bless you, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that all sort of happened um, along the way. Um, th- there was a point in time where there'd been a falling out in Miw, um, with some wrestlers and Hawk. Um, do you want to
0: do you want to pause and talk about what happened then? Because that would that would have been either Dog riot was that excess
1: was that xse or was that xse yeah the beginning yeah. of pewak uh the, the, this was the, the first so the, the first sort of breakaway um there, there'd been a show that we'd done where hawk had um i think he, he used to have a little shih tzu dog and we were doing a hardcore match or something and and he used the dog as as part of what he was doing. Um, Why? Because he could. <laughs> <laughs> um, and from what I recall, someone in the crowd took exception to it, um, and they they were a family member of of some other people, and and a, a little bit of a feud occurred. Okay. Um, And that feud snowballed, and eventually um, a a few of the guys left, um, and and formed XSE out of that. Um, Like you got to remember that uh, Hawk was old school and everything he did, and a lot. Sometimes it was his way or the highway, like. And I remember him saying to me yeah, once... Yeah, he was very much like that when I was there, yeah. Yeah. remember him saying to me once, um, when I'd come up with an idea, and I, I sort of got a bit salty because he, he wasn't running with it. And he said to me, Matt, it's real easy to spend other people's money. Um, and it's true. Like, when you're the promoter, you, you're taking all the risks. It, it's your cash. And... Um, as much as the talent have a part to play in that at the end of the day it's not their bank balance that's on the line yeah so so Hawk was real protective of of his business and, and there were some dudes that um that wanted to take things in another direction so stemming from that little bit of a feud that kicked up and that snowballed a lot of guys jumped ship and formed XSE right um which wasn't too bad. Like, like I, I got the feeling Hawk was a bit hurt with some of the guys that jumped. Um, yeah. But but we we kept going. Um, Pewak was different. Um, so when was Pewak? Was that 2006, 2007? Five, I think. I want to say 2005. Right, okay. So not long after? Yeah. Um, what had happened is... Um, uh, a couple of the guys. Um, it sort of started with Mason. Mason was always a big fan of um, of the indie scene, like and it, uh, as were a lot of the guys in the cell and that. Like they they love their indie wrestling. They love their Japanese wrestling. Um, whereas myself and a few of the other guys were more WWE marks. Like that was our style appealing to the masses. We didn't want to be indie wrestlers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but Mace had started to sort of stretch his wings a bit and on the local scene um, and was going out to Sydney a bit. And he loved his Japanese wrestling. Even when he was with us, like, it became part of his gimmick. Um, and I think he had done enough traveling and talking to the guys that were running their own promotions down the line. And it sort of formed those bonds. Um, where he felt he, he could go out and, and create his own fed that had more of that indie sort of um, culture, you right. know? Yeah, yeah, and style of wrestling and that. Um, and, and so, yeah, one day, or I, I remember the day, um, we were at the gym and um, Mace turned up and I... I think he, either him or Coyote were the champions and they were both there, they handed the belts in and wished Pete all the best and left and it's the only time apart from tears of joy that I've ever seen Pete almost burst into tears. So was it out of nowhere? Yeah and he just turned to me, it was just me and him um, left in the gym and he he just turned to me and with like tears in his eyes almost and said well that's that then um we're done um and i i don't think i think it was it was that second time that the guys jumped ship that he felt betrayed a little bit um but also knowing that um, the guys that jumped to p a, a fair bit of training money had gone out the door mm. and as far as keeping that version of the sweatshop going um, I was also there the day that the landlord came in and, and said to Pete that he, he was evicting us from the, that original sweatshop in Ashmore. Um, so I, I went home and it was different to the time where I bladed um, where I had a bit more, a few more years under my belt and right. a bit more invested in, in wanting to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, at that stage, if it had come to a finish, I would have been sad, but I was more sad for the guys that had just started that were loyal. Like we, we had guys like Hercules, mm. we're coming down from Caboolture and catching a train and three buses to get the train. Wow on a Saturday you know we still had enough talent it was just raw mm-hmm. um, remember the funeral yeah. yeah it's the old boy mm. the, the lights going on and off everyone and it happened at, at Hawk's funeral Memorial
0: so, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, we, we had enough talent we just didn't have enough to run a show um, so I went away and, and I thought nah fuck this um I, I I didn't wish Mason and the guys jumping ship any well ill, but because again passing that torch, Pete had passed in the torch, and then they were going to create their own legacy, which is cool mm-hmm. in a way. Um, but I, for the guys that weren't going to make that cut, and remember earlier in the piece, I said everyone deserves to to have. Be a wrestler, like everyone brings something to the table. Um, we still had guys that hadn't fulfilled that. Um, so I wrote a, a list of all the reasons to keep it open and I, and I gave it to Pete. Um, and, and he read it and then he said, Man, um, what are we gonna do? Mm. Um, and so I thought, um, Well, Queensland. It is now, you know, there's there, there was that Fed. There there might have been some other Feds starting to get going. Um, yeah. Let's think bigger, and and we don't we, we can't go national straight away because Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide all had their own scenes, and logistically we didn't have the cash. But what we did have was a relationship with um, Chuck in, in uh, New Zealand still so I re- remember ringing Chuck up had a big conversation all about wrestling because they, they were getting decent crowds over there that, they'd gotten TV um, up and going um, and we were making a real go of it and their shows as far as I was aware they were making money mm-hmm. um, so I had a good talk to him about wrestling and how he went about it and out of that talk I said man um, let's formalise the relationship and um, maybe if we if we can create an Australian version of IPW New Zealand we can have this Australasian federation mm-hmm. um, swap talent and, and then that's bigger than either scene. you know it's something that it, it, it's a market difference mm-hmm. so we did um, pitch it to Pete he, he hated it <laughs> oh great <laughs> he, he, he hated the idea of it not being major impact um, because right. that was that was a uh, um, you know part of the history and and there were, were some successful times there um, so yeah um, I remember we went round to his house uh, Troy our uh, came around Pete's son um, Pete said he would only continue if if crews agreed and we ran it past them um, and you'll know, Cruz is brutally honest, and mm-hmm. he was brutally honest, and he was having some success in his own business life. So he, you know, he gave it, gave Pete some advice, and we agreed that we would keep it going and change the brand to IPW Australia. Yep. Um, our machine was fine with that. Yeah, oh, man, he was excited, and, and we created, we, we took our South Pacific title. Oh, or was the South Pacific title. And we turned it into a, a true one where we defended it on both sides of the Tasman. Yeah. And, and that was cool. Mm. Um, and we were off. And it yeah, it, it went through. We got that next wave of wrestlers trained.
0: Yeah, so I was going to say, at this point now, you've, you're you starting to get in flux because a lot of guys have left at this point. Mm. Mason, Cody, Sorrow... Jake Nova, a.k.a. Bob at that point. Yeah. And a few others had gone with XSE and PWAQ, respectively. But now you're getting influx of guys like Kelsey Cajones, like Hercules, yeah. like Brandy, like Phoenix, like Minx, like Rebecca Lane. Um, Dallas and Island Boy were still there at this point. Dallas had come and gone at different points because of his injuries, but he'd come back at this point. Cy had been in and out at this point. He'd come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blizzard, Mystery, and... Eventually, you get up to the point where you transition from IPW, you at the Bicentennial Center, you go from Ashmore PCYC, you go to the, the Bicentennial Center and Blaze and yours truly come into the mix. Yep. Now, much like just earlier on when we were talking about shock therapy, this is another thing I want to get your, inf- your influence on and your opinion on because I've spoken to Scott Black, Grave Tevin, who I ended up working with at 31 Digital doing a late night show. And he was commentating at the time when this segment happened. I've spoken to Cruz about this segment. But now, the final piece of the puzzle is you, man. This segment where I got pulled up by you guys to come in there and do that comedy segment. Hmm. You were there ringside for this moment. What was your thoughts on little old me with a gigantic red jacket doing Michael Jackson's pilly
1: jean? Man, I was in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah oh, but man, I thought it was cool. I, I, I do remember. <laughs> I, I, to me, you look like fucking Kenny from South Park, man. <laughs> you know, I'm like, who the fuck is this? And yeah, then, yeah. <laughs> Next thing you're dancing and moonwalking and shit. And I'm like, man, like those other poor little kids have uh, got no show of winning, winning the prize. And um, so we've done a lot of dance-offs and they're always fun. They're a good way to G up the crowd, but mm. you just took it to another level, man. And uh, yeah, I um, sort of stole the show there, but, which is hard to do against Bill and Bob. Like, yeah.
0: Well, it was one of those things where I was sitting in the crowd and... Um, yeah, there was a bunch of kids that were in there, and you guys needed four kids. And you guys had three, and there's another kid there, and he was too shy, and his dad was trying to tell him to go, and he didn't want to go. And then I was with Blazer's family, because that was Blazer's first show against Ash. And I thought... And they all said to me, Man, you should go in there, you should go there and do it, you should do it, do, do it, do it. I thought, man, if there was ever was a time to get in the ring... Because I didn't know at that point. But I knew if I did this segment, and I was given the thumbs up, that, hey... At the end of the day at least i got inside a ring
1: yeah yeah much like myself man yeah kickboxing
0: and i thought it was going to be one of those hollywood moments where my it was going to time was going to slow down hear the heartbeat and it's going to be like a slow motion you and this camera's going off and here i come to the ring man i remember putting my hand up Y'all, Bill and Bob didn't even see my little hand oh, man, flailing we
1: were, around. We were, you know how hard it is to see in those masks.
0: Oh, it was so awkward. I'm there like, I'm out here. And I got up on the chair. Finally, one of you guys saw me. I got in there. Um, and yeah, a lot of things happened that day. Um, Scott recognized me. Cruise gave me the jersey. Ended up spinning off a couple of years later doing mini cruise. Um, ended up spinning off a couple of years later doing the late night show. Um and yeah, lo and behold, at that point, I had no idea. But hey, I got to share my first wrestling moment with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we're getting up to the point where we started at the beginning of this podcast where I got given that blue cowboy hat a thank you. And we had the Blazing Fury segments there. Yeah. We got to share um, a lot of IPW moments there. One moment I do want to bring up with you is I mentioned this on my second episode of this podcast where... There was a situation that came, came about, and you know as much as I know that Hawk would like to be very spontaneous. Mm. He would like to do things on the fly, whether or not you were there. Because at that point in IPW, there, when I first joined, there was a committee where it was you, Ash,
1: Jackaroon, Jackaroo, and, Cruz, and,
0: and Pete, the five of you guys. You'd sit in there and you'd discuss each monthly show. We had transitioned at that point from doing the Bicentennial Center to working shows at the sweatshop, which were weekly. Mm. And I think a lot of the time it was just you and Pete working out those weekly shows. Mm. One show you were away, I think you had a work function or a birthday or something was going on. Um, I definitely know it wasn't an engagement party. I definitely know it wasn't your wedding because I had the luxury and the absolute privilege of being there for that. Mm. But something that Pete it, it had come to me uh, actually sorry he called me over earlier in that show and he said we're building to Wild and Reckless it was, it was the early stages of 2010 and the champion at the time was having a program with Cruz mm. and he was doing a program it was about three or four weeks and Cruz just couldn't get the job done the champ kept retaining kept retaining kept retaining and the reason why was that originally he was going to lose it at Wild and Reckless he was going to have this string of wins and then at the big blow off match hey Cruz is going to take it mm. that's not what happened what ended up happening is that Hawk came to me and said, I want to change the ending of the match. And I said, Okay, well, what have you got? And he showed me the card, and I don't know whether it was one that you generated or one that he had altered, but the main event was the champion versus me as Flashman versus Mini Cruise in a triple threat. And I went, How are you going to do this? And he said, Oh, one of the younger guys can put on the Mini Cruise gimmick, and you know, you want to. You want to make people believe that it's not you, so let's do it this way. And I went, hmm. okay. I said, so, so, what are you thinking? He had said, well, I don't want the champ to win. And I and I said, okay, what do you want? And he said, well, I was thinking that Mini Crew should win. And knowing that I pretty much had both characters in the line at the, in this match, I said, Pete, I'm am very concerned that I'm going to upset Troy with this. Now, knowing Troy as I know him now, he wouldn't have given a shit. Troy was like, go on, you mate, whatever but back then it was the character was very new I'm talking about maybe like two or three months in Mm. and I thought the last thing that would be very disrespectful was him going off a run of matches to me then go oh because you lost two or three weeks in a row oh I've got it now and he'd be like well that's not why I gave you this not that he would do that but that's how I was thinking yeah and I said oh Hulk I I I don't know about this and he said well what else do we do and I said well, I'm not ready for it as my character, and I don't want to do the muse thing because I think it would upset Cruz. I said, just just keep it on him, or we'll come up with something that gets it back on him. And he goes, all right, I'll think about it. And I went, okay. And I'm thinking, well, hopefully I've convinced him to not change it. But as you know firsthand, it's very hard to convince Hawk to not keep with his original plan. If he's sold on something, mm-hmm. man, by God, he'll... Keep at it, no matter what you say. Mm. You could tell the Hulk, hey man, uh, there's a bomb outside the venue, two hours, I'm pretty sure we should pull the show. Alright, the show goes for an hour and a half, we've got an hour and a half to back up and get out of here, like, you'll always find a way. So I thought, alright, cool. So I sat there, and the pre-show meeting happened as always, and at the end of the show, he ran through the main event, and he said, alright, and winner and new heavyweight champion, Flashman. And I was like... No. And I felt all these daggers and all these eyes on me. A few of the guys like Mystery and and few of the younger guys like that, they're all like, hey, hello, hello, And I felt, I was just like, no, this is not how I want to do this. So the match happened. I locked the champion in the stockades. He got a 10 count and, hey, new champion. I remember ringing up a lot of people after that. I rang up my family, rang up Poison, and I rang up you. And I still remember to this day, I rang you up and I said, hey, Matt, um, something's happened at the show. And you went, oh, no, what's he done? What's happened? Did someone get hurt? And I said, no, nah, no, nah, Pete's changed the, Pete the main," and, and you went, oh, what was it? And I said, oh, it was the champ versus me versus Muse. And you went, what? Oh, who ended up taking that? And I said, me. And there was a long pause and you went, oh let's put a spanner in the works <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and I went Ugh. and you went oh no congrats man but yeah I just wish it was under better circumstances and I went oh and I always remember that because I was I think it was that first time where I got that actual feedback of hey man it's not you it, it's more the case of why did that change I'm happy for you but why did that have to change but I remember taking that on board being like oh of all people Matt's mm-hmm. not happy for me oh okay and then yeah we got back to the the show the week after I think it was mm-hmm. and uh yeah Hawk had said alright you locked him in the stockade, you can't win on a count out and I'm like oh thank god it was a count out because if it was a pinfall that'd be oh, hard well, to explain I probably
1: came up with the way to explain it yeah <laughs> we um we used to have mean meetings like booking real good booking meetings and um jackaroo put it best one day where i I was talking before about how wild my imagination is and i get carried away man but um it it always comes from a good place as far as wrestling goes like i i like the big picture and i I like i like everyone like when i was booking everyone to know what they're doing and where it's leading sure and, and when when everyone on the card knows that um, they're motivated, we're, we're, they work as a team because they go, oh yeah, look, I'm, I might not go over this match, but I, I've, it's been explained to me where I'm going as far as this angle goes or whatever, and, and they'll put energy into making it work. Um, so I was at this crazy end of the spectrum where I come up with all of these wild fucking stories. Yeah, because you were doing a
0: weekly shows at that point. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and 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 how, doing that book, and then um, Pete was at the other end of the spectrum, uh, where it, he's the boss, mm-hmm. and 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 like I said, man, all the respect in the world to sure. him as far as it's his money on the line and his livelihood, and it's his right to determine what happens on the show. And, and it to me, it showed how much he faith he put in me to give me some creative control, which is cool. Now, um, Cruz and was um, Jackaroo, work in the middle of our two extremes. Yeah. Um, where Hawk was all about the shock and, and they wouldn't see this coming. And and if, if the locker room doesn't expect it, then it's legit. Whereas I'm I'm detailed planning, everyone knows, you know. And then, um, so Cruz and and Jackaroo had this role to play in the middle where they sort of helped Hawk and I merge our ideas. Mm. And that's where the magic happened, man. That's where the chemistry is what would happen because you wouldn't get a show that's too nutty on my extreme and you wouldn't get a show that's all on the fly, Mm. you know. And um, when we did it right, I mean, we had some really cool shows. But um, yeah, that's how that worked. And but yeah, one, once in a while, um, like I might plan something, and I would have only said that because we would have discussed about next month or the month after what was happening. With Leading to Wild and Reckless. Yeah. yeah, and then the the spanner being thrown in the works would mean I will, we have to come up with something else.
0: Yeah,
1: and, um, always. Even when you are wrestling, you've got to leave room for the magic. Sure. You know? Um, and the guys these days that fucking over choreograph shit and script and mm. um, and can't work on the fly. Like, I've, I've met a few guys where we've worked the show and they go, So, what are we doing? Start to finish. Go, man, we'll go out there, work, work a start. Um, we know who's taking the match. Work the finish. I always had a rule that that if I was taking a match, I I would give the other person the start. Yeah. Um. Uh, and and that way you get into it and you listen to the crowd, and, and you and you, you pick moments where you if they're reacting a certain way you can change things around. I try and push through with a predetermined thing. You can't predetermine a crowd reaction, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the magic. But Pete was all about that. The Hawk was all about that legitimacy. You know, anything can happen, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That
0: moment happens. We we reversed it pretty much next week. We get to Wild and Reckless, two thousand and ten. At this point, for me, I remember thinking, man, I'm I'm really sore because I want to get a little frame. At that point, we transitioned over from. Monthly shows from Bicentennial Center to, to the Sweatshop to then going weekly shows to then get to Wild and Reckless. Mm-hmm. At that point, man, oh, I just couldn't perform. And I was the Slam Nation slash Cruiserweight mm-hmm. champ at the time. And Slam Nation was that belt we had. We had the TV deal with bridge 31 at that point. We'd done yeah. about three seasons with them. Um, and I said to Hawk, I can't, I'm, I'm sore, I can't get out of bed. I remember a crew, uh I remember Hawk not really acknowledging it at the point. And I thought about it years later and I went, Who am I to tell him I'm sore? I mean he he knows exactly what being sore and all that feels like. Mm. And I remember him being like, Alright, we'll change change the winner and we swapped, swapped the winner over and I dropped the title and I took two weeks off and I came back and we built to what was then known as the first. Reunion show we had left Terminal Center. We'd now gone back To either the new or the original Ashmore PCYC mm. We started doing a few shows there to gain a bit of a crowd And I remember doing this because I had to. I had to drop all the media on the poster for it and We drew up the concept of the first reunion show I've asked other guys this on the podcast already but for a guy like yourself that was there arguably at the very beginning what was it like for you coming into that locker room knowing that there was a lot of guys there that either you had seen beforehand or you had helped train to now almost 10 years later come back and go, wow, here's all the people, arguably, that I started with. What was that like? Were you a little bit anxious or nervous, or were you really excited to go, "Way, hey, where are these guys at in their life?
1: No, it, it, it was a cool night. Um, I, I can't remember who, Came up with the concept. Um, it it was a cool night because there were a lot of bridges that got mended. Yeah. Um, but the the coolest thing, um, aside from getting to see everyone, was was the reason behind it was um, we had been going for a number of years. There were a lot of guys who had been trained and wrestled and that might not have um, had that many matches um, but they moved on with their lives and and a lot of them had kids um, and it was the idea i remember talking to hawk was that if we get these guys back um, it's an opportunity for them to be that hero for or villain for one more night Yeah, and and to show like we had guys that had been telling their kids, "Hey man, I used to be a pro wrestler," and they didn't they weren't believed. Mm. So the the idea was yes, we were going to have these bigger matches where we we took some old rivalries and reignited them. Um, Personally, my favorite thing was working on BJ, um, leading up to it, and being I had a mad sort of professor moment of ooh, ooh. <laughs> uh, ringing Benny. Um because man again I I, I marked out big time for home against Troy back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um against him and Cruz, man, some of the those their matches were some of the best I've ever seen. Yeah. Um and so I I remember ringing re- B J and pitching to him, man, we we're gonna do this reunion show, and he he had not wrestled in a long time. I remember he'd gone to PWI. I can't remember if he would had an injury or what, but but he'd been not on the scene and and I said, man, we had this conversation, and he wasn't sure about it because um, he, again he'd had his own kids and 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 I remember saying, man. Um, you're a long time retired, you know. Like, and and the other thing I said is that he, BJ, you got too much talent to be sitting on the couch. Mm. Um, that didn't seal the deal, uh, like. And again, I, I really wanted to see him um, wrestle Cruz, and I wanted, man, Beach. My two favorite opponents that I've ever had have been Cruz and and BJ and. Right. Uh, for different reasons but BJ and I when we've wrestled we're on the same page as far as the wrestling we love
0: yeah
1: and and we go out and tell a story and it can be very basic but it, it it's based around getting a reaction from the crowd mm-hmm. and, and being simple um, with crews, it's an intense experience yeah. but, but again they're, they're easy matches I'm not saying as far as the wrestling goes, but Cruz will run that match and you just got to be at the right place at the right time and and the crowd will pop. Um, so I remember t- talking to BJ, going, man, oh, oh, if we're going to have a reunion show, the main event has to be you against Cruz mm. because that will draw, like it was in the back of my mind, the people that saw that match 10 years prior and that series of matches, we're going to draw them back because they want to see that happen again, um, and uh, Benny wasn't that up to it. Um, so the other, the other alternative was Jethro, mm-hmm. um, who mm-hmm. I can't remember if Lee had moved down to Tassie at that stage. I think he had, um, but um, he, I think he was available. Um, and when he became involved, him and, and BJ are best mates and and BJ wanted to be, become involved so it ended up being a triple threat, which was still real cool yeah. and an awesome match to watch. Yeah, it awesome. was. Um, but the, the overriding thing, so we got the guys that can show their friends and family, hey, I was a wrestler, this is what I do, uh, what I used to do, getting that recognition and respect. Um, we got the possibility of those guys coming back together and... And doing the um, the um, end of the fairy tale sort of thing, you know. Yeah. So um. But the the biggest thing was mending those bridges, and so we'd had Jethro back in the day. had a falling out with Hawk. Mm-hmm. Um, uh. At one stage, I know B J had had a falling out with Hawk. Um, those guys jumped to X S E, which had hurt. Him, um. We'd had Mason who had jumped to P-Wack, um, which again had hurt Pete in a way. Yeah. Who was coming back for the reunion and was a little bit unsure of the locker room. I picked that up, um, but and and then a, a few other guys that were in that same boat and Brandy and the Lawn. Yeah, yeah, and and a lot of those bridges were mended. Yeah. And and I th- I felt really happy for that. Um, we inducted a few guys into our Hall of Fame. It
0: was actually Jethro,
1: Mason, and Brandy. Yeah, and, and, and the Hawk. Mo- and the Monk. Well, and I inducted Hawk as a sneaky. Um, did the, didn't the Hawk get officially done a couple of years later with JCA's? No, it got done again. Yeah, so I did him on that night. But Monk was that day too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Um, yeah and, and and it was such a cool vibe, and, and, and it drew. Yeah. Um, so we drew a massive crowd for that. Yeah. Um, and, and wrestling wise I only had a bit part to play like I just did a couple of silly things but I was it, it was so such a good locker room to be in mm. um, uh, yeah I think Ash wrestled Mason again which is a, rela- a strong relationship there which was cool he did yeah um, I, I teamed up with Herc
0: against Shorty and Angus McTavish yeah so like the guy I had my first match with 10 years later I. sort of 10 years two years later
1: at that point yeah so there's that circle of life yeah very much which is cool and life doesn't always work out that way like there's there's people that have had a bad experience and gone away and and not not lived out their dream but that was cool to have all that happen and i felt really happy for hawk and the guys too because again they haven't been that father figure back in the day when a family of fourteen, that's not, not a good thing, man. And and so some of those bridges have been mended.
0: And sadly, we come to the end of part two with The Sweet Assassin. I hope you guys have been enjoying the journey thus far. Man, what a ride it is to take a trip down memory lane and hope it's enjoyable for you learn the history, not only the industry up here in Queensland, but the history of The Sweet Assassin. Don't forget, Part three is coming out next week. And if you haven't done so already, please follow Little Man Big Conversation at LMBC Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and LMBC underscore podcast on Twitter. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.